Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com. Welcome in to episode 49 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside... Jeff Kola. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, Jeff, good week? Long week. Long week's uh, coming up. So, lots of business is starting to pick up here in Memphis. So, more people in town and, you know, when you procrastinate sometimes like I do, you got a lot to do. So, uh, Understood. Yes, so this is sort of the recording on this recording this on Sunday night during the Oscars, which is doesn't matter to me because I just I've only seen one of the movies I think nominated, um, and I saw that last night. Um, but uh, but yeah, ready uh, ready to get this week going and get it over with. How about you, Harvey? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, not bad. Not bad. So um, excited to talk to the people again. Appreciate everybody for joining. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a return listener, thank you for joining us. Um, if you found us through uh, the Osiris Network, we appreciate it. Um, if you are not familiar with that, definitely go check it out, osirispod.com. Um, lots of other awesome podcasts. Um that the people that listen to our podcast probably would be into. So um, different other kinds of music conversations. Uh, there's a beer podcast now. Um, they just added a jazz podcast. Um, really good stuff. It's growing and uh, partnering with uh, relics on that. So, um, so yeah. So uh, Jeff, what uh, do you want to tell the good people about what our, uh, what our theme is this week? Uh, yeah, this week's theme is Whatever Happened To. Um, there's a handful of songs that Panic only did for brief periods of time, some of them nearly three decades ago, and recorded them and, or played them live, and they never came back. And some of these I'm actually pretty surprised they've never come back. And some of them, um, it's maybe a good thing they didn't, but that's just my my personal opinion. But I do think that we got some interesting things and also just sort of um, interesting to see a band discard songs so quickly. You know, a couple of these are only done, if you know, just a very, very, very few times. It's like, well, that was good. Let's just set this one aside and maybe we'll get back to it or probably not. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's the interesting thing is so we've got uh, we have six songs tonight that we're looking at and. I, I think what almost exclusively maybe one of them was brought back, but essentially, uh, and, and one, you know, maybe lasted more than, you know, than a couple tours, but a lot of these are just like, you know, a quick, you know, two, three, four, five, six times within a couple months almost, you know, and then just put it, put aside. Like it's, it's, it's as if they're in the regular rotation, but then they're never to be heard from again after whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever happens. So, 
so yeah, no, this is a this is a, this is an interesting um, idea. Um, so before we get into the music, uh, what we do, uh, if you're not familiar, every week um, as just sort of a jumping off point for uh, some conversation is uh, we each sort of share uh, something that we have stumbled upon this week, whether it's um, you know uh, music or some some form of entertainment, book, movie, blog website, uh, news article, whatever it is. And, um, so, uh, Jeff, what, what have you got for the, for the people this week? So again, because I can't, can't ever recommend something that's new, um, something that is relatively actually, it's, but it's still recent. Um, a friend of mine sent me a, I mean, this is brand new for you. Like if it's within the last five or six years, I this is, that, uh, like this current. is within the, this is within the last year actually. Yeah, right. Um, so sent me a clip from season seven of Portlandia and it's this, it's this clip of this guy of Fred Armisen playing a character that opens up the B-52's box set. Um, I don't know if you've seen this Harvey, but it's pretty, we'll, we'll put a link on the thing. It's actually, it's pretty funny because we've all been that guy when you get something like a box set, especially when you're really into a band and it's like demos and, vinyl stuff and handwritten lyrics and their original yeah like the original cassette tape and he just keeps going and going and going it's literally it's like this you know two by two box that he just keeps digging down into um and then at the end the band is living inside the box (laughs) (laughs) Which, which is pretty funny but just that whole process of guys going through you know going through this box set and pulling all the stuff out and you know just all that that nerdy stuff i think one of the the last big set that i purchased was the um Dwayne allman box sets that or box set that rounder put out and i bought it on cd and then first felt compelled to buy it on on vinyl too and um it's a that also is a really great set there's nothing super special in it. i think the only thing that came in it was a sticker and maybe a guitar pick or something like that. But the inside of the bot, the CD box was like the material that's inside of a really nice gu- gu- guitar case. Oh, nice. Um, so that was pretty cool. But anyway, it's a great clip. Just do Portlandia B-52s and it'll come up on YouTube or any uh, number of other platforms. It's pretty funny. Um, so are, were you a big B-52s fan or not so much? No. Okay. I mean, it seems like it takes a pretty unique person. I mean, no offense if there are B-52 fans out there, um, but it, it don't, it's not something you run across every day. It's like a huge B-52s fan. I, I enjoy their weirdness and their eccentricity, eccentricity, but Love Shack is just a, a song that the devil created. So, um but yeah. you're good. You're good with the rock lobster. Yeah, of course. Who's not good with the rock lobster? That sounds fine. Um, so, okay. Well, mine, um, is we, we actually got out to the movie on Friday night, um, date night and, um, we went and saw black Panther. So, um, I am not a, um, an expert in the like Marvel cinematic universe. I mean, I've seen most of them, I guess. Um, I, I don't, you could probably find 75 different podcasts out there that (laughs) have multiple episodes about each of those. So I'm not going to pretend to, you know, give any great insight. Um, but, uh, I really enjoyed it and I, and I found that it was a, a sort of, uh, 
a fresh approach for a Marvel movie, if that makes any sense. That I mean, it's still a Marvel movie, and it's still a you know a superhero, but it seemed a little, uh, and not just you know the the makeup of the cast or the directors. Just it seemed like it was a little more grounded. Uh, it was just a it was just sort of a, a fresh take. I thought so. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't see it. I think every it's to me, it's going to turn into the thing that I don't see just because everybody else has seen it. Um, and so right. I really like it, but, um, my wife saw it and she really dug it. And I've had there, uh, some of the folks I went with, I think I've seen it three times. So wow. <laughs> yeah, it's high praise. Um, all right. So, um, we have, like I said, uh, six songs that we're going to cover tonight. We're going to break them into, I guess, three pairings. Um, and like I said, a lot of these had, you know, short, uh, but you know, uh, intense runs, so to speak. Uh, and really it is a, a wide, you know, it's a, a, a breadth of different, um, eras of the band i mean we're we're covering uh, 11 years from start to finish chronologically in these six songs and uh and not one of them is from or not two of them are from the same year so um a good mix the first the first song is uh is an original called Sunkeep, and it was played um eight times in 1990 between july and 5th of 1990 and October 15th of 1990. Um, and of the eight times it was played, it was, it led into traveling light five times, five times in a row, essentially. So, uh, first time was uh, Sunkeep sea Brown. And then the next five times was Sunkeep traveling light. Um, and, uh, I, I really like this song. I'd never heard it before. We, st- I did research on this show and I couldn't find a um, a live recording of it, like a you know official, not official, but you know, a distributed digital recording, either audience or soundboard of this um, of this song performed for many of those nineteen ninety shows. Now maybe uh, you know Ted's Ted found the the um, the mother load apparently from from Sam Holt and is. I think some of that stuff is from 1990s. So maybe, maybe we get one, but um, the version that we're going to use tonight is from uh, July 27th, 1990 from the cotton club uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's actually from a, uh, a video it's on YouTube. So it's going to be the audio from that. It's actually not terrible. Um, I don't know that I would sit and listen to, to like, you know, the two and a half hour concert, but um, you know, for, a couple songs it's it's uh it's definitely you know manageable um and then we'll follow that up with um a pair of songs from 1991 and uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, after this section so uh first off from the cotton club in atlanta georgia july 27th 1990 they opened the show uh two set show they opened it uh mr soul Holden Oversoul, and then uh, and then here is Sunkeep.
train his pony on an aging mule is right now without fear. Domingo Ortiz playing the percussion right there. Thank you. <laughs> I hope I remember this. It was a tune for a friend who's not here right now. 
And we wish he was. And it doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> so you can call it what you want. Thanks a lot. 
All right. Uh, the first selection we just played was from July 27th, 1990, The Cotton Club in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia Sun Keep into Travel and Light. And the second selection, September 23rd, 1991, from The Catalyst in Santa Cruz, California, um, start of a one-set show opening for Blues Traveler, Space Wrangler, and Benefactor. So the I really like Sun Keep. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sad that it didn't stick around longer. Um, you know, a cool sort of Mikey led instrumental, um, maybe kind of in the vein of A of D. Um, and so I, I would have liked to have seen how it, how it grew, um, as it, as it aged. Um, and then this version of benefactor from, uh, September 23rd, 91, uh, in Santa Cruz, um, without Mike. So, uh, I think if I'm, if I'm correct, that he missed the show to go home for the birth of Waker. So he was there on September 21st in Santa Barbara, missed the show in Santa Cruz on September 23rd, and then was back in Sacramento on September 26th. So I may be wrong, but my recollection is that that's what it was. And, you know, it makes a little bit of sense. It was a space Wrangler opener. Um, with, a uh, you know, a little Wrangler being born and, um, so show show opens with uh with uh, JB and Sonny solo doing uh Space Wrangler and Benefactor. Um and then uh and then I guess what T Lavitz comes out for Heaven and then um and then Dave comes out for Papa Legba and then um and Todd comes out for Way to the World. And then Chan Kinchla and John Popper come out to close the show with Mercy being the devil in chilly water. So kind of a cool way to handle, um, you know, missing your lead guitar player. It's sort of similar, I guess, in a way to how they did the uh, that New Year's set at the Fox in 97, where they kind of come out one at a time. Um, but uh, this, this song played, um, what, how many times? Four four times between um, July 6th, 1991 and August 31st of 92. So uh, about every, you know, it was 56 shows a couple times and then 95 shows the last time. So not a song. Um, and the first time JB solo and then the last three times JB and Sonny. So obviously the, ne- the full band never played, uh, played this, um, but you're a pretty big fan, right? Yeah, I like this song. It's a nice, it's a nice short little, short little tune. Um, I like the fact that it was just sort of a JB and Sunny thing. Um, I think that's kind of cool, and maybe that's one of the reasons why it didn't really take off. Maybe it was something that they were working on together and sort of fell by the wayside. Um, one thing that I did uh, like about this show was the appearance of Chan Kinchla and John Popper, which coincided with Blues Traveler um, showing up on um, that uh, Blue Bluegrass Underground show on PBS. Do you guys get that in Lexington? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and I was remember thinking, trying to think of the last time I saw Blues Traveler. So when was the last time you saw Blues Traveler, Harvey? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to say it was the the last time i saw blues traveler was well no you know i take that back i saw them the first time i saw panic in 93 at horde um but then i did actually see them i believe the next spring in 1994 uh when dave matthews and soul hat opened up for them 
at the safe house in new Orleans in like February of 94. Dave Matthews played to like 75 people. Um, and yeah, but I, honestly, I think that was the last time I saw blues traveler. I think my wife went and saw them here in Lexington, like four or five years ago, one night. Um, but I have not seen them recently. You, um, I was trying, <clears throat> I was trying to think back actually. And, Saw them on Horde Festival in 95. And were they on Horde Festival the entire time that Horde Festival existed? I would, I, I don't know that for a fact, but that would not surprise me at all. I mean, it was essentially, a, you know, Popper's brainchild, right? Yeah. I mean, with what Chris Barron and Panic and uh, Fish, I guess, right? But um, I think Popper drove that bus for the most part. Funny thing is. So it wouldn't surprise me that they would stick around. Yeah. So maybe I saw them in 98. Um, when at Horde Festival, it's just probably the 97, I guess. Was, was Horde still Horde going in 98? Really? Yeah, 97, I think for sure. And it was at mm. Alpine, um, whichever year the mule was on it. And we went to just okay. pretty much go see the mule. And I think right. Louis Traver was, was still there. Anyway, um, but I was, it, it was interesting to watch them. And it's hard to, I mean, that band's been around for 30 years. And, mm-hmm. and has been making records that people have been buying for, you know, since 1990-91. And it's kind of their, from what I read, I, did, I didn't know this until the other day, it's kind of their fault that the spin doctors exist. So we can blame them for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of harsh, right? I mean, what's the, <laughs> but, why yeah. all the hate on the spin doctors? <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, it's, that's a, that's a whole show. Um, but the other part of it is, is they, it was interesting to watch them and it, you know, their bass player, Bobby Sheehan passed away and now Chan's brother Mm -hmm. is the bass player. Um, but the funny thing is, is John Popper has slimmed down and Chandler has expanded. So, (laughs) um, but he's, but he's still, I, again, I haven't seen them in so long. I hadn't seen them live in so long, but he still plays the guitar kind of the same way. He does this thing where he plays it really up high in his body and then just uh-huh. kind of like rocks back and forth. And he still does it. It's pretty, it was, again, I had seen him in probably 15, 20 years in anything. And he still did that. So it just reminded me of the times I did see him. And again, I will, I mean, the, the blues traveler in Ames, Iowa was the first show I went to like first college road trip show I went to with like a bunch of random people crammed into a super station wagon. Yeah. Um, and like November, well, no, November I mean, like 96. I said, you know, I, mean, I, I you know, I was a fan of most of the bands at that horde in 93, but I mean, you know, blues traveler was essentially the headliner. Um, and, and then when I saw them in 94 with Dave Matthews and soul hat, who I like both like quite a bit more than blues traveler at this point, but they were the headliner and you know, that was a big part. And I will say, um, you know, the original, the eponymous blues traveler record and travelers and thieves are both fantastic. Uh, I mean, probably burned them both out by now, but I mean, that first album was like maybe, and this is not, you know, necessarily something to be proud of, but in a lot of ways was sort of a gateway for me into, you know, uh, this realm of music. You know I mean? It wasn't, it's not as cool as saying it was like American beauty or, um, the big pink or something. But I mean, that was one where it was like, Oh man, this is really good. Is there other music like this? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that sort of got me onto the rest of it. Um, yeah, they, uh, that was sort of that was in my dorm there was we had a i was the almond brothers guy the grateful dead guy lived at the end of the end of the cube (laughs) the fish guys lived over in the other corner and the blues traveler guy lived down the hall and i mean again there i wasn't a panic guy until i went to school so we kind of all became panic 
guys together, but there was nary, then there was one fish guy and he lived up on the second floor that I, well, there's a bunch of them, but I remember one time I went down to a, for a, a late night get together at a, uh, the guy in the corner room and he brought the guy upstairs, brought his bootleg tape of the fish show from Alpine Valley in August of 96. And that's where they do their version of whipping post. Mm. And like, they, it's not very good. And mm-hmm. they like start, start laughing. And I was so, <laughs> it was at that point, I was so mortally offended by that. Yeah, they're, that they're I dead swore, to you. No, no joke. Like literally I was just done with mm-hmm. them at that point. Um, and again, it kind of coincided with the whole panic thing, but I was, just, I didn't need a reason, but I had my reason and it was, it was great. So, and to this in, I'm a little bit more open-minded to fish than I used to be, but still not, still not my thing. But hey, there are numerous great fish podcasts on the Osiris Podcast the, Network. They Os- are OsirisPod.com. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, they are, and you know, I've, I've listened to some of them, and in, in a lot of ways, it has sort of, re- you know, uh, restoked the flame of fish, you know, interest in, in me, which was never like super wasn't ever burned, never burned really bright, but I had, you know, I had not, you know, I would go years without listening to them. And so now it's like, I'll throw them in every, you know, uh, I've been throwing them in every couple, you know, weeks or something just to sort of mix it up. And, uh, my wife is not a fan. And so I'll sometimes <laughs> put it on when I get home, I get home like about half an hour before the, her and the boys get home and I'll put it home, put it on when I get home and like doing some, you know, dishes or whatever. And she'll walk in and like, I mean, it literally is, doesn't take like a minute. And she's like, that needs to, to come off right now. <laughs> like, it's not like, I'm not like jamming it like real loud. It's like, it could easily go as like background music. And she's just like, yeah, no, not having it. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, I don't, you know, my wife's, my wife's really not a huge panic fan. So, but she, she tolerates panic because I think she, I think she knows what it means to me, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think I could start listening to fish. Um, and I don't know if it would go over very well. Um, she doesn't like the dead really either when I play a lot of that because I play, I play weird squonky stuff from 73 and four, but, um, I will say you're not not playing Europe 72 for, well, well, Europe 72 is is great. She yeah. First sets are great. Those are easy listening for the most part. Um, Yeah, but anyway, we could talk about stuff that doesn't have to do with widespread panic for a long time. Um, so the one thing I just wanted to point out on the – I totally forgot about this until just now as I was looking through this. There, it, My recollection was that there was Benefactor on, on like a rehearsal recording, and I found it. It's the 32490 um, rehearsal from Atlanta, Georgia, um, which I haven't heard in a long time, but uh, – Earth will swallow you's on there. Benefactors on there. Um, Sunkeep is on there, and as is, uh, I think, the next song that we're gonna play. So that's kind of cool. But I, I have to pull that out and and see what you know, see what those versions sound like. Um, but I didn't want to. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, on let's, the, uh, let's go to the next okay. the next segment. All right, cool. So um, we're gonna play a couple more songs here. The first one is from uh, May 18th at Tipitina's in New Orleans. Um, and it is, uh, is one of my early favorites, and that's the dog song. Um, and now that's a song that has been around, or, you know, stuck around for quite a while. It, they played it uh, 36 times, um, a long stretch uh, in the 90s where it was, uh, you know, 
almost an every nighter, every third night. Uh, and then between January 91 and March of 92, it was on the shelf, um, which may have co- coincided as I look at this with the T. Lavitz era. I mean, certainly it, it came back on 31492, which was JoJo's second show. Um, and 11291 might have been, you know, right or either, you know, one of T's earliest shows or like right before he joined the band. Do you know? Interesting. Where that falls in the timeline? I don't, but that's an interesting observation. I- uh, let's see. Two, 2891. Okay. So 112.91 was the last one. Oh, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was about 15 shows. So, um, man, the Rockledge Lexington, Kentucky was the last one then. I saw that. That's cool. Um, was the Rockledge gone by the time you got to town? No, it was there. Was it? Um, yep. It was, it didn't last too very long. Uh, a couple, three years. Um, after after i got there but um yeah so uh i guess around the time that t lavitz appeared they they put dogs on the on the shelf and then when uh jojo joined the band um it came back for a little while but not too long so um they played it from from march 92 to uh May 24th, 92 was the last time. So played another dozen or so times after that. And then it's been on the shelf ever since, which seems sort of like, I feel like that's a song that's like, would have been a no brainer, like Halloween bust out kind of thing. Right. I mean, maybe you don't want to bring it back forever, but like easy crowd pleaser. Yeah. There was definitely a call for it a lot, you know, mid to late nineties. Um, for it to show show back up and it became pretty clear that it was never was never going to come back up but you can never say never now with some of the stuff that has come back after decades of being on the shelf but yeah it's a fun little song and uh and did i feel did jp maybe do what like yes, solo he did like it at, jp and friends yes, okay he did it at that um he played like the hookahville thing didn't he i think he played it there okay okay like august of 91 or of uh 2001 yeah yeah okay but yes jb did play it so, um, so we'll start this, uh, to, um, from this, uh, May 18th, 1992, um, we're going to, uh, pick things up. It's a, uh, it's a one set show. Um, but this is, uh, on the back end after drums, uh, and, uh, and we'll kick things off with Mercy. Each month. 
Tipitina's uh, sponsored portion of the Blues <laughs> Tape this week. Uh, first selection, May 18th, 1992, from the great Tipitina's in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Mercy into entering a black hole backwards into our featured selection, uh, Dog Song into Pigeons. And then the second selection, uh, June 26th, 1996, the second night of a pretty incredible two night run. At Tips, uh, Smoke and Burn into Happy into Wondering. Um, have you ever been to Tipitina's? I have. Okay. Right. A couple, sure. couple times, three times. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, first time was for like a Carl Denson after panic thing mm. um, that I made my group stay with me till four in the morning because I was taping. And how many times have I listened to that tape since I made that tape, Harvey? Twice. <laughs> Maybe once. Probably. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that's, a, I mean, it's an amazing place. I, I have had a couple three times i've been there good good times abound yeah i don't think i've ever had a bad time there um so yeah so we could we touched a little bit on dog song before we played um the uh smoke and burn is sort of i mean i, I feel like this is really an interesting um you know this song has an interesting history um you know it was played um times between uh, March 95 and July of 98. Um, the last couple of times it was sort of a, an outlier. So really its main lifespan was March of 95 through November of 96, uh, when it was really in a pretty regular rotation, not, not in every three show necessarily, but, but definitely in the, in the main rotation. Um, and you know, the first, first nine or 10 times it was played really through most of 95, you know, it was just by itself, wherever it, wherever it laid in the set list generally, um, in the first set, but not exclusively. Um, but then after that, it became, uh, almost essentially attached to the hip with, uh, the instrumental happy, um, all but one of the last, what, 19 or so times that it had been played. Um, it was burnt faceless happy, I'm calling it burn faceless. I guess it's actually called smoke and burn. Um, <laughs> so, so and it it's was the, called burn faceless for, I think throughout its entire time it was being played. I think it was called burn faceless for panic. Yeah, for, for sure. Panic. And, and I think then, the then first, they changed it. Seemingly it just, it just seemed like this change that just all of a sudden showed up one time on the companion, like, with, and then, and, but it was years after the band had stopped playing it. Well, was it, I assumed, or my recollection was that it was when uh, Sandbox came out that, do you think it was before that? Cause I, I always thought that when, you know, the, the Hauser solo album came out in oh, sure. so yeah. five or something, maybe that, yeah. that when it was on that and it was titled smoke and burn. And then at that point 
you know, they sort of went back and fixed all the set lists, but, but I, you know, I stand corrected if that's not right. But, um, anyway, so it's interesting that it's always tied to happy and it's not necessarily like a transitional song. You know, I mean, it's not like, a um, you know, Wrangler walk-in or a machine bar stools where the two songs kind of go into each other. I mean, there really is a break, but, uh, I guess maybe it's more of like a thematic type thing that, that, uh, smoke and burn is, a uh, you know, darker, um, you know, not super uplifting type song droning a little bit. And then, uh, and then happy is, uh, you know, a little more happy. Um, so maybe that's why they tied the two together. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's, you mean, I think you really, I think one of the things we were talking about before we did this was the fact that it was a, a other than maybe Wrangler walking and machine bar stools, there's not really a commit. Like you, the band really doesn't commit to, to putting two songs together like they did happy and uh burn faceless. But, but yeah, I mean, maybe there is something, you know, more thematic going on, but they do work well together. And then you throw wondering in on the end and it just, it's a nice little, um, segment typically a first set type thing so it worked well yeah and um and so once happy was debuted in um what september of 1995 uh it was a except for one time when it opened the opened the show it was attached to smoke and burn the first what 14 times it was played 13 times it was played um so it was almost exclusively attached to that song and um, almost until the point that that smoke and burn was you know put on the shelf, um, and then like you said, for for a good point, a good uh, stretch at the end of its uh, of its life, um, it was burn, it was smoke and burn, happy, wondering, sort of a, a trio. It was um, what eight eight out of nine shows. There was those three, and I and I definitely don't can't think of any any other instance where three songs were played, you know, back to back to back on a consistent, you know, consecutive, uh, run like that. So, um, they were obviously, you know, uh, I found a sweet spot there and it's kind of a good little, you know, mid set. It doesn't take up a ton of time. You know, you're, it's about a, you know, a significant jam really on any of those. So you're probably, a, you know, it's about a 13, 14, 15 minute stretch. So it's not that much more than, a one big song. So it's kind of cool to have this little suite uh, to drop in the middle of a, of a first set. I think it's just interesting that this song and then dog song before it, and even benefactor, how it's one thing that they didn't play them that many times, but they took really long breaks at one point in time when these, when these songs mm-hmm. were somewhat around, I know the last, obviously the last smoke and burn was part of the travel and light tour. Um, and it was an opener. And then that was the last time they played it in July 98, but it'd been 154 shows since they played it the last time in spring 97 yeah. and mercy. There was a 150 show gap basically, um, which we talked about, maybe coinciding with T. Lavitz. But Benefactor, there was multiple gaps of 40 plus and then a 95 and then it's gone for good. So mm. it's just interesting to, you know, it didn't, maybe they, one of those things brought it back, see if it had legs. Nope, didn't have legs or, you know, maybe with smoke and burn just sort of towards the end of the of a very long tour 
wanting to mix it up and just let, let letting Mikey play one of his songs that doesn't that doesn't get played very much, and then say, okay, that was good, and then it just goes away for good. So yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that just seems such such an interesting thing. Like I get that you know you play it pretty much throughout 95 96 and maybe you come back in 90 late spring 97 and you know and play it and you're like ah, you know let's put this on the shelf for a while um but then it just seems sort of random to bring it back a year and a half later uh you know play as an opener for the show and then just never you know never to be heard from again it's just seems weird um but anyway this is uh i really enjoy these like i said this little um three song suite you know, as I said before in this podcast, it sort of panics, help slip Frank, you know, maybe not so much musically. Jeff threatened to end the podcast if he thought that that was what I was saying. But, uh, um, all right, let's go on to our last two for, for this episode. And we're going to go back to summer of 97, where we've already spent some time. Um, we're going to start off in Hampton, Virginia at Strawberry Banks. Um, in the middle of the, excuse me, middle of the second set. Um, second time played for a song that debuted on that summer tour. It was played four times in summer of 97, twice in fall of 97, once in spring of 98, and was gone for good. And that's another Hauser song. Uh, it was you, and we'll follow that up with a track from the first night of Halloween 2001, uh, Post Drums. An interesting place to debut. It's happened before, obviously, but an interesting place to debut a new song, especially a new song like the one that we're going to play, and we'll follow it up with New Blue.
change today. Doctors change the pain. Love is changing the clothes. Putting on a finery. Love is what's smoking in the air. Final two selections for episode 49 of the Bluest Tape. The first one from July 13th, 1997, Strawberry Banks in Hampton, Virginia, the second ever version of It Was You. Um, and then followed up by our last selection for the evening, October 26, 2001, the first night of the Halloween run of that year. Um, post drums, uh, drums and bass into New Blue. So um, both these songs, like you mentioned, It Was You. Um, yeah, uh, Mikey, you know, vocal uh, does sort of harken back a little bit to Smoke and Burn. Kind of never really, uh, you know, self-contained, never really takes off. A little, um, you know, darker kind of song. I sing the lyrics to It Was You, but I think I sing them to the tune of Smoke and Burn okay. in my head is how it sort of works. So that's, I think maybe that's why I played the two because they're very similar. They're very similar in, in, to me, but... Um, Smoke and Burn is a better song overall. And uh, so It Was You played seven times ever. Uh, it really, in a lot of ways, which this is sort of interesting, you know, it, it picks up about where Smoke and Burn ended. So, you know, Smoke and Burn's last real performance was, uh, man, we're, we're, I feel like we're, un, we're like archaeologists here. Um <laughs> Digging through the Everyday Companion. So, so Smoke and Burn's last real performance, April 29th, 1997. Um, it Was You debuts July 9th, 1997. Uh, plays seven times. The last time played April 28th, 1998. And then Smoke and Burn comes back again after that for that very last appearance in July of 98. And then they're both done forever after that. So it's, uh, it was almost like it was you was in that little window, right? Between the second to last and the very last smoke and burn. Um, interesting. I don't, know. I don't know what that means, but it uh, seems kind of interesting that they, that they never really uh, overlapped uh, at any point of no. you know being in the, being in the rotation. So it was like, they put that one down. They're like, Oh, you know, maybe it was like, Mikey's like, I've got this new song. We'll do this instead of smoke and burn. And then he got tired of it in april of 98 they didn't play it in europe at all Mm -hmm. um didn't play it in the new so played you know pretty steady through uh summer and fall of 97 
Don't play it in the three nights or four nights of the Fox for New Year's. Don't play it at all in Europe. And then they bring it back uh, in Myrtle Beach uh, April 28th and then and then never again. So, um, huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest song, but it's interesting. Um, we played it. We played it before, right? Didn't we do? Uh, I feel like we did a version maybe in our one of our nine, summer 97 episodes. Oh, we've done 49 episodes, Harvey. I can't keep them all straight. Like there's, when, there's when a spreadsheet, did, Jeff. When we did like 10 of them. Um, yeah. Did we do episode 18, I July, 1997? We did. It was you Hatfield from the, uh, Atlanta. And we played, it was played guess. on 916 and we, 97. We played something from that show too. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, new blue comes out, um, or debuts first night of Halloween, 2001, where they debuted two other songs that weekend, one each night, uh, clinic cynic on 1027 and old neighborhood, um, 1028. And of, of those three old neighborhood is the one that stuck around and which is, uh, which is a great song. Mm-hmm. I really like old neighborhood a lot. Uh, yeah. I like all three of those that um, came out, honestly. In this Halloween run, I'm just looking at the set list and it's clear that I need to spend more time with Halloween 2001 because those set lists are pretty absurd. Just the first mm-hmm. the, the first the first night of uh Stop Go was it Stop Go Gilded? Stop Go Gilded Papa's Home Tallboy in the middle of the first set. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, first night first set. That's it's uh, okay. Getting it done. Um but yeah, New Blue, we've talked about New Blue, and I think you sort of convinced me that I should like it better than what I actually do. Um, but it's a good song. It's a, it's a nice, you know, change of pace song. I think you sort of hear these tunes, and again, it plays played three times, um, all in fall 2001, um, second set post drums when it debuted, middle of the first set for its last two times, and Madison on 11-2, and then um, 11-20, 2001 in Johnson City. And... Um, which again, it's sort of the you debut a song like this post drums on a big run like New Orleans. I think it's sort of I don't know if it's the best place to do it because Clinic Cynic and Old Neighborhood uh, they used as set openers the other two nights. Um, but yeah, New Blue gets thrust mm-hmm. into the post drums um, thing where it, it's Arlene drums New Blue and then Ride Me High Chili Mr. Soul. So it's bound to be forgotten basically. <laughs> Um, where, 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 where you stick it, so that that placement's really interesting. Um, it's it's like following Bear Bryant, like we mentioned before, yeah, or you know, yeah. or like you know, but is it like being after the Cosby Show on Thursdays, or you know, like that? It's you're you're setting it up for for you know success, but then it falls on its face. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's better than I mean, a different world was pretty good, um, <laughs> but also I I, 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 I loved a different world. I also forgot to say that. Um, they debuted Bayou Lena on October 26th as well, which was a set opener. So they did, they each, each of the three mm-hmm. nights, they debuted a song at the start of the second set. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like this song. I think it's, you know, I like the lyrics and the kind of, um, you know, the main, the main sort of sound and then, and then how it kind of changes to do the, the, uh, get stuck in your head theme. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I dig it. I, I kind of wish it had stuck around. Well, maybe, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll come back. You know, again, some of these songs do show back up. Like Ribs and Whiskey was gone forever, and all of a sudden it showed back up. So, 
Um, I, I would well. not put anything past them, but I, I do feel like this one is probably, you know, one of those where, you know, I think Mikey had a pretty, you know, his signature is sort of all over it yeah. uh, on the guitar lick, but I guess I would have said the same thing for, for Galley. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. So I, I mean, is. of these six that we played tonight, I probably, I would, if I had to put uh, money on it, I would put money on dog song showing back up. Sure. At some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's probably, I mean, you got to think, Smoke and burn, and it was used probably. They're there's gone. no way. Yeah. Um, dog song, I'd say, or maybe Benefactor, just because you know. I'm surprised JB Benefactor Solo maybe didn't thing. come back up during like Wood Tour or something like that. Yeah. If it, yeah. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> well, all right. As, as, well, there you have it. We've we've traveled down memory lane with six songs that may or may not come back. Um, Harvey called us archaeologists, which I thought was which I thought was interesting. Um, but overall, I think we uh, had a good show, and I think we'll probably revisit this topic again in the future because there's still some other stuff out there that we haven't touched on that that have, have been gone for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got some really good episodes coming up. Uh, next episode is our, assuming we make it another week, will be our fiftieth episode, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and then we've got some good uh, anniversary stuff coming up in in late March, and then um, again in mid April. So, uh, looking forward to it. I uh, hope you guys come back and, and check it out. Um, so, you know where to find us: uh, Facebook uh, or on the Twitter at Bluest Tape. Um, send us an email. Um, you know, I was thinking, but like, we, we get a decent amount of feedback that we we maybe ought to like start having a segment in the show where we you know, read, read some, some folks. Cause some people have some pretty good comments. Maybe we need to start doing that. Um, so if you have any, you know, shoot us a, shoot us a, a, a tweet or a, an email or, or a Facebook message or whatever. And we'd be happy to, uh, to read it on the, on the show. Um, and check us out on bluestape.com. Um, and, uh, osirispod.com awesome awesome uh, podcasts uh on there so um i look forward to doing some some like crossover stuff stuff with some of those folks have them on our show and go on their shows so um i think we've got some opportunities there but um thanks again for for your time and uh we'll see everybody next week oh jeff what do, do we have anything to what are we going to play people out with tonight we got anything any covers do we play any covers tonight uh, traveling light. So I guess that would be the one that we, that we do. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with relics magazine at relics.com. Light, light, just you and I. 
that it you can't i can't get that fucking riff out of my head